Thanks for coming back. This is another episode of the Rodeo Labs podcast. This is the first one I've ever hosted. Normally, we would have Nick or Logan, but it's the holidays and everybody's kind of busy. So this morning, I have three other people here. I have Tom Fitzgerald, my dad. I have Jay Peterberry. I have Tatev. Tatev, can you give me your last name so I pronounce everything correctly? Uh, hello. <laughs> okay, there we go. And then, I was like, wait a minute. I don't want to make an attempt and then get it wrong. So <laughs> we're here today to talk about Ascend Armenia, which is a bikepacking event in the country of Armenia that has been very actively in the works for about two years now. And we're right on the verge of 2023 right now because this is December 16th and things are really going to be kicking into high gear momentum's building towards having the race June 25th, 2023. So we want to give everybody the origin story because I get more than anything that question, what is it that you're doing in Armenia? How in the world did that happen? Before I do that, let's introduce everybody a little bit. Jay, can you tell us who you are? A little bit about yourself. Yeah, I'm Jay Peterberry. People know me as JP and uh, I'm I'm a passionate bike packer and I do a lot in that space uh, besides just riding. Um, I have helped consult on different events. Uh, I've ridden a lot of different events and um, I think I'm just kind of here to help uh, add my experience to the team. Tatev, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, who you are, where you are, uh, and what brought you here? So I am Tatev uh, from Armenia. Uh, me and Tom, we started uh, this project last year. Maybe he started a little... Uh, one year ago. Uh, yeah, one year ago. <laughs> and uh, I'm just a project manager and I am like, I didn't know kind of uh, anything about sport. So Tom introduced me about this sport and I was fascinated and wanted to join this project. I don't know. Cool. And uh, you use the word, I'm just a project manager, but that's just, that's just not true. You're way more than a project manager. You're like the secret sauce of, of like everything that we're working on. Uh, you, it, without you in the mix, we would be really lost on just what are we doing in Armenia and how to get it done. So your background a little bit, I know a little bit about your background, but what, 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 uh, what areas have you come from in the past? Oh, I was working in movie industry as a director and a movie producer. Then <laughs> I am also a musician, DJ, you know, but, uh, also I was working as a business developer, project manager. That's what I was trying to tell. <laughs> and that's uh, like. I was working in marketing sphere. I did a lot, as all Armenians are <laughs> trying to do. Jack of all trades in the best way. All right, Dad, Tom Fitzgerald, who are you? 
Wow. And <clears throat> uh, now, now, <laughs> give us the the podcast version because that is way too big of a question for who That's are you? But, big question. Yeah. Uh, give me something to risk, and I'll find a way to that point. I I love risk and dangerous things. So, um, I'm the father of Stephen, <laughs> and all of you know Stephen, and you know the crazy things he does. So. Uh, I have five, four sons and one daughter that are equally as risk-taking as Stephen and myself. So I've birthed many risk-takers and I've had, uh, so we, my wife Dana and I, we moved here to Armenia about two, two years and three months ago. And I began going uh, off-road and seeing what was here in terms of the countryside. And I thought, wow, there's no gates and the, the roads are endless. The off-roads are endless. So I asked Stephen what he thought about doing a bikepacking race here. And here we have Ascend Armenia. So that's that's my plug-in. Cool. Yeah. I mean, that's that's that, that's, that is definitely the genesis of what this whole thing is was you going there and then and saying you had watched uh, the whole Morocco race play yep. out and you said um, we have some pretty amazing off-road riding and mountains here you need to come here and go bike riding um, and I think at first I was a little bit dismissive like eh, well you know what does that even mean? I don't know where this country is. Uh, I couldn't find it on a map. It's it, and, and like, what's there? It's so far away. So it didn't, it, you, you had to nag for a little bit to, little bit. to get me to come visit. And I think what tipped me over the edge was, uh, when you were visiting, was that over the, over the holidays, like Christmas, um, one, one year, two years ago. And, uh, we got out Google Earth and we started looking at maps. Oh, I remember and, that. And, and Google 3D. Earth. Yeah, my super big monitor at work. Jeez. And and I remember thinking, well, you know how kids kids just kind of like, yeah, whatever, dad. I mean, I'm getting that because I have teenagers now. And so they're like, whatever, dad. Um, and I was like, I don't know, dad, whatever. And then I looked at it and I thought, oh, you're not wrong. This, this looks like it has a ton of potential. Um, I really want to go on a trip here all of a sudden. And then I just couldn't go. I was signed up for something else, uh, the Morocco race again. Uh, and it's super busy running rodeo. Um, and what I did instead was work with uh, Evan Christensen uh, and Bo, his girlfriend. He was kind of looking for his next project. And I said, hey, why don't we... Um, send you on assignment for rodeo to do kind of an expedition to Armenia and then through Armenia. And then you can kind of report back on if you think it's as good as, you know, my dad says, is it great or not? And he, as soon as they set off on that journey and then got to Armenia and started sending back photos, um, I thought, okay, it seems like this is really something special. And um, then the, the Morocco race, fell through yep. because of COVID and with about two weeks to prepare, um, bought a ticket and, and, and said, I'm, I'm going to come right there instead. I'm ready for some sort of adventure. So, and I want to go and do something. So I'm, I'm going to go to Ar Armenia myself. And then 
maybe I don't know a week out. Nick was like, "I'm in." Um, yeah, Nick Gilroy. Um, so we came out in 2020. Uh, one. I, I, one, all the years are blending together now. They are doesn't matter anymore. And we 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 drew this huge, you know. Kind of, I like I didn't look at any routes. I didn't look at any real information. I just got uh, Gaia and Google Earth out and drew this like eight or nine hundred mile route. And I was like, we have two weeks, nine hundred miles. This is going to be so easy. Um, and mm-hmm. we got we got so crushed <laughs> by by Armenia. And I realized that um, it's a very mountainous country, and uh, I had underestimated. Uh, the ambition, uh, just like what it would be to actually be on the ground riding there. So instead of riding that entire route, we just started winging it and drawing routes every morning and stitched our way through the country and had a really awesome time and uh, wanted to do the race. I knew I wanted to do the race after that, but it's it's quite hard, as you know, to put a race together. Um, so so cut to a year later, we decided not to do the race in 2021 because we had more work to do on it. Um, or I'm sorry, in 2022, because we had more work to do. Um, and we wanted to do another scouting trip to vet the course. And, and in the beginning, I wanted to bring a bunch of people. But uh, I, at, at the sort of nearing the last minutes, I just decided I, rodeo can't quite cover that expense. It's very expensive. And I said, I'm fine. I'm going to go pre-ride the entire course alone, which... I don't really know why I was thinking I could do that. I wasn't right in a great nope. spot to do that. <laughs> but I I guess on these projects you you just want them to happen and and you just keep plowing forward. So that was really the entire amount of thinking. Uh and at the last minute, Jay came in and said, I think I can make it work between other relationships I have. Um and, and, and this looks like an interesting project and I think I can come write it with you. And oh boy. I don't know, pretty much saved my life. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I had no idea. Especially like, that uh, one trail you decided to take down the right. Oh, right. Man. So that was kind of Jay's entree into <laughs> it. Um, of just, I think Jay, like what, I don't know why, why did you do that? Um, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, we, I was watching your trip earlier with your first trip out there and, uh, and that's always fun to do, just follow you along your trips. Um, and then, you know, I had some other conversations with you and you mentioned you were wanting to put a race on over there. And so like, I'm paying attention to that. And, uh, I also knew, the placement that you had in Armenia, meaning your dad and Tatav being there. And um, I just seen some really like some pieces that were there and some passion that was there. And once I seen that you kind of needed to put it off to get some more information and just develop it more, it was like, I knew that was the right thing to do. Um, And we, we briefly spoke about, you bringing me over there uh, when you were thinking that you could bring the, you know, a bunch of people and this and that, and then face reality. And yeah, you were going to go over there yourself. But um, when I see others having drive in something that I am so passionate about, um, 
and especially with a new project and, and, and having the opportunity to maybe be a part of that, um, I just wanted to go and see for myself. And so I really came into it from like an outsider, but observing all these, this really good energy, this, uh, this team that was being put together. And uh, so, yeah, I wanted to make it happen. And just like you, like you said, you put your head down and you just keep going forward to get things done. I wanted to do the same. And so even though maybe Rodeo couldn't, uh, didn't have the resources, I knew that I can kind of dig around. And uh, we made that happen. And it was a really, really neat thing. Um, and it opened up my eyes to a whole new culture, a whole new place, uh, uh, just so much good there. Um, and yeah, now here we are. Um, and I think it's, it's, it's on a great path. Um, and we'll just kind of see where it goes. I think it would be interesting to talk about, um, what that path has looked like. Um, I think a little bit before that, I think there's this question of why do a race at all? So I think in a way it's good to be skeptical about that. And I think Evan Christensen, who, uh, came, came on that first trip, I think he was asking himself that a lot, like after going and riding there and he spent three months there, he, he was saying, why are we rushing through countries? Um, and you know, you don't really get to know the essence of a place. You don't really get to interact with the people, uh, uh, you know, on a very intimate level when you're, you know, riding your bike all day and all night, and you might not want to stop for tea if they invite you in, et cetera. Um, and I think he has a good point that in a way you kind of blaze through a country when you do a race, but I still see the merit in it. Um, and I think a race can be really important, but, but, but that there's a why there, like why do it? So I think, um, Tatev, why do you think as an Armenian, um, is it, is it, is this a good thing or is it kind of a cheap way or a, a really too fast of a way to get people to go through your country? What do you think? As Armenia is a small country and, uh, you know, that uh, Armenian sport people don't have a lot of uh, opportunities, this is a great opportunity for, first of all, for them. And uh, I was kind of, first, uh, like, was happy for them and not for Armenians. <laughs> uh, because, uh, like, no one knew about... Uh, uh, mountain biking and this kind of stuff before uh, just, a just a little bit yes uh, like some people and uh, after our, our short race uh, like a lot of people uh, maybe you say <laughs> okay well we had we had this this small race and all of a sudden the the interest in mountain biking and adventure off-road biking uh, bike cyclists started getting together and going off-road and doing trips together. So it sparked something here. Yeah. And uh, we should, we should talk about, I guess that is part of the answer of this uh, super cool. Like, so Jay, we, we came and visited when we rode most of the course, not every bit of it. And then the last day of it uh, or last couple of days, kind of what happened? Um, can you set up this, this mountain bike event that, Tom and Tate ever talking about? Oh uh, yeah, I've been, 
you know, first of all, I think what a race does is it gives opportunity to just other bike pack, not just other bike packers. Um, you open up a place, Armenia, like when I looked at Armenia, like I would have never thought to travel to Armenia, like, oh, let's go on vacation. Let's go do a bike pack trip. I don't think I would have chose that. But with the, with you offering that opportunity, now I visit there and I think other people want those opportunities that travel and go to a new place. And then I think it gives great um, visibility to the country and to the people there, but then the people there get exposed to this bike culture and gives them opportunity. Um, I think it's just like a win-win all the way around. And uh, people want to go to something where there's, uh, where people gather. So an event, and yes, a race does that. So going back to kind of your first question, I just kind of went on a tangent there, but um, no, that's all right. I, I think that's good. And then, uh, you know, the other thing that Ascend Armenia is doing and what I got to witness, which was probably the neatest part of the trip. And so Stephen and I were scouting the route and that involved a lot of different things as scouting does. And um, it's an exploratory thing, which was awesome. But then Tatav and Tom um, wanted to launch a locals race, if you will. And, and they did. And that was at the end of our trip. And to see like locals come out on, it doesn't matter what type of bike. It didn't matter if it had reflectors on it, a kickstand or whatever. These people just wanted to come out and do something on bikes and have a good time and they absolutely did that. And it was so wonderful to see and refreshing. And you could see just like in their eyes and um, the conversation afterwards was just really good and really genuine and more of just like, we're all out here just having fun on bikes. And everyone was so determined to finish. I, I think everybody finished. I and think so too. And some people took a long time and got got lost, went off course. And when I would have quit, uh, like I'm so far back down the mountain, these two amazing women, they were like, well, we're not quitting. We're just going to climb back up the mountain, get back on course and finish. Uh, and when I found them out there, uh, uh cause I was course marshalling, their attitudes were so amazingly awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> um, so, I mean, um, as far as the San Armenia goes, like, um, you know, Tatov and Tom want to do more of that. And to me, when I kind of seen and learned all this, it was like, I want to be a part of that in some way. And how can I help? Um, it's, uh, you know, when there's a give back in that way, it's, it's really neat. You know, it's not, it's not rodeo trying to come in here to generate income to bring back to the West. Like, it's like none of that. Um, it's just about creating culture and giving opportunities. And, um, and that was like a direct that we got to see that direct feedback on our last day. And, um, and they want more of that. The locals want that. Um, and that's really neat. And, uh, not everyone realizes, um, not everyone in the world has opportunities or they don't quite exist yet. And 
what Tom and Tatav are doing is they're, they're creating that. And somebody needs to do that to help start something anywhere. And um, I, you know, I admire him for doing that. It's amazing. Yeah, I think that sums it up for me too. Um, I think races are like, first of all, bikepacking.com already has some, some routes through Armenia, which anybody can just go and look at and, and ride. Um, so there are already touring routes through the country. Uh, and, and there are people doing it every time I've gone, I've seen people out there. <laughs> Remember Jay, we ran into those French guys way up at, you know, 10,000 feet on, on like tour, touring bikes with panniers that one yes. day. Um, so like people, and I, and there are actually, you know, of course, as a Westerner, I wouldn't hear about this as much, but there are uh, quite a bit of Iran- Iranians that ride in Armenia. It's kind of a vacation holiday destination. And we ran into a number of them when we went. Um, I also have run into a bunch of Europeans, not a, not like a bunch because it's not a major hub, but we definitely run into people and I'm still in touch with some of them uh, that we saw out there. So there are people that are riding there, but you know, the, like the Tour de France, that event was actually created by a newspaper to sell newspapers. They just needed a big sporting event to write about. And there's no denying that throwing a race just creates an exciting story to follow for people to follow and to think about a place and be interested in a place. So to me, it's a venue to just make a lot of really positive noise and say, this place is really cool. It exists. You should consider coming here to either as a racer or look at the photos and the media that we've shown about it's beautiful. Look at this beautiful culture consider it, you know, for yourself instead of maybe just going to the same places, you know, many people have been going, you know, for decades or centuries, there are more places in the world to explore than we know. And, and when I go to a place that I didn't know, uh, anything about, and then I find so much there, it, it just kind of smacks me upside the head and I get really excited and I'm like, I got to share this with everybody. So that's kind of my, my angle. And then I think I see, the benefit that if things really kind of play out well, the benefit of what the race could do in terms of sort of creating, you know, a locally owned Armenian company um, Mm -hmm. that that's hiring Armenians locally and distributing kind of the benefit of the race in country. So, so the race is not owned by uh, me or rodeo. um, And, and when people register, we, we actually spent quite a bit of time making sure that no money ever touches, you know, rodeo or American bank accounts, it goes straight to Armenia uh, to, you know, first help fund and pay for the race, but then hopefully create, you know, again, jobs and tourism internally. So that's kind of the why uh, Mm -hmm. for my involvement. And it's a beautiful place. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, we didn't even start to talk about that. Uh, Right. uh, The geography, the topography, I mean, it's... uh, it's a different place and I've got to ride around the world um, and it's really neat. And um, I look forward to going back and riding again. You, you get that, you get that question from people cause you've been to probably, I don't know, I'm guessing more bikepacking races than uh, almost any other human or any other human. Like what does Armenia look like to, what would you say to someone with fresh goggles, fresh eyes? If you know, what, what would they expect when they get there as it relates to kind of other countries or even other races? Yeah, I would say it's uh, it's mountainous and not in the way that uh, the mountains are gigantic, 
uh, Himalayan style, but there are, um, you know, you get to 10,000 feet, but you're, you know, you hover a lot in that six and eight as well. And, um, the climbs are not intensely long, but they're long enough and they're kind of one after another. So as you look at Armenia, it's not a big place. Um, but it has, I would say a big personality, um, in that there's not a lot of like big, huge valleys, um, where you're going to gain a lot of miles of just riding in flat. Um, and so that kind of makes it pretty dynamic, I would say. And I'd also say like, you know, people always want to know about the surface and is it a gravel race? Is it a dirt race? And, um, I'll just say that there's a lot of farming in Armenia and there is rock, but there's probably more dirt than rock. So maybe they're dirt roads versus gravel roads. I don't know. It's a, it's a good mix. And there's a lot of water as well. Um, running water, rivers and streams, and, uh, lakes, uh, which is really nice. Um, I found, I found uh, the resupply as far as towns and little places and little stores to be very reasonable. Um, so, um, you know, someone doesn't have to carry a several days worth of food or anything like that. Um, I don't think in the route that we rode. Um, and the culture of the people is, is really neat in like some of the places as it does have a uh, pneumatic culture and kind of uh, yurt living up high where they're taking care of their flocks and their animals and bringing them down in the winter. Um, so that's a really neat aspect. Uh, and it does have all seasons. So, um, you know, you, you will see snow, I, I'm sh sure, in the mm -hmm. mountains in June. I can only imagine everything is going to be fluorescent green and flowers and uh, very... Uh, just pretty countryside because we went when Stephen and I went, we went in kind of the harvest season, right? In the fall. So we got to see a lot of tractors and uh, families out kind of just harvesting and cutting things down. Um, whereas in June, it's the growing season um, and it's also going to be melt off. So uh, I was never there that time of year, but uh, I can only imagine kind of a very lush Colorado-esque style, um, high mountain looking views. Um, and yeah, I, so it has like, I think it has everything, an adventure, a bike rider, an adventure bike rider or racer would want um, in, in any capacity. Um, reluctant to use the word race, but yeah, race. Um, but how many people really come to race, quote unquote, um, is few. Most people are there riding from, from the start line to the finish line. And, and that's in the time cut if possible. <laughs> yes. And, yeah. uh, and we look for that challenge, right? We we're trying to like, uh, as people who, have, uh, enter events, we like to try to be accountable and we do like to push our limits. So um, and they're different for everyone, but I, I guess that's all I have for now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I, for, to me, it seems very, uh, Colorado-esque in, in a lot of the ways, um, with the climbing in the big mountains, but I agree like Colorado, when you get into the big mountains, 
uh, most of the terrain is pretty eroded away uh, and you're you're kind of riding over some pretty rugged gnarly rock and you know when we were up at 10,000 feet uh, on the first day you're almost riding on a putting green um, along that upper ridge and you, you, I think that maybe comes from the fact that there's all the sheep grazing and there has been for thousands of years um, so it the terrain takes on a different characteristic than it does in Colorado. Which was that is... before or after the Spanish-speaking Armenian? <laughs> that would have been uh, just just yeah five five miles before that, <laughs> ten kilometers before that, whatever that was. Yeah, that was hilarious. Uh, the white lada that appeared over over a hill, and you you will you will be offered vodka constantly if you run into people (laughs) in the mountains uh and there are there are a lot of people up there which is kind of an interesting uh transition to you know there are a lot of shepherds uh when you're in the higher country it's sheep grazing uh and some farming and they uh one of the things people have asked about is is just sheepdog situation which is a very real situation there are sheepdogs everywhere uh i think on the first trip i was i was pretty um I don't know. I don't know if traumatizes. Well, I did have that one incident in an area we weren't going where I, I learned that behavior is what sheepdogs respond to. So you nuking down a hill at 20 to 25 miles an hour just tells a sheepdog to like get you like that is what I'm literally genetically wired to, to do is go chase that thing down. But if you get off your bike and walk by, uh, they'll, they'll come over and make noise and say, this is my flock, you know, uh, and they, they're big, they're big dogs, but they, they're not really motivated to do anything other than just make a ton of noise and get you to go away. Um, so that's, I don't know, that's a bit of a rabbit trail worth, worth putting out there. Dad, I wanted to talk to you and Tatev about like what kind of background work you've been doing to set the foundation uh, with the local government, tourism, etc. Like, I don't know how visible that is. We obviously have the Instagram account and the website, but I don't know if people really know how much preparation has already been done. What's that look like? Well, the the most preparation has been uh, the gift of the Toyota Land Cruiser, which wasn't a gift. I bought it. <laughs> the 1999 black diesel uh, that yeah. goes anywhere. And uh, so when I began to go off road in that, I noticed that I could go anywhere on this um, Gaia ride GPS and there were no gates. I, in, in a year and a half of off-roading, probably over 4,000 miles of, of track, I ran into three gates <laughs> and I, I've been all over the country. So, a lot of time has been put into, I wonder if what it says on Gaia or on the GPS map is really there. Sometimes it's not. So a lot of time and a lot of diesel has been put into uh, going out and actually verifying that these roads exist. <clears throat> so uh, that's one aspect of the preparation, but I mean... You know, I took Tatev from mostly doing 
in the city work, the next thing she knew, she was at 10,000 feet off-road stuck in the mud. So, Which you enjoyed, right, Tatev? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I I can't. Yeah, the amount of near, literally near-death experiences is just too many in terms of being in a car that big on roads is small. They're perfect for the bikes. You don't have to worry. But so that's one, one part was verifying that the roads are there, that this is going to be an amazing race. And there's been a lot of time and effort in, put into that. The other one has been, we have to, in Armenia, maybe in some countries you can go in and tell the government you're coming and they say, oh, fine. But in Armenia, it's a different culture. So we first became friends with the tourism committee uh, who held a meeting for us and they invited in almost all the aspects of of the government, Uh, the police, the, oh my gosh, what did we have there? We had 911, we had uh, tourism, we had national parks, we had everybody at this meeting and the tourism committee set it up because if this race goes well or when it goes well, Mm -hmm. they're going to look good. So we have the total support of the tourism committee who's opened up all these venues with the police and government officials. And uh, that's worked really, really well. And if not for, for Tatev, um, making little check boxes for things for me to do and what to really say and what meeting and who we need to meet with. And she negotiates that's taken an extremely uh, large amount of time and effort to do that. But we're building relationships that are going to endure when we have, when we have the, the first really good race, they're, they're psyched about the little 50 kilometer race that we did. But when this one happens, uh, I, I just think it's the doors are going to fly open for this aspect of, of the cycling culture to really grow here. So it's, it's just been, you know, like doing one little thing for one day pertaining to the race, you know, it might, it might take a day, it might take two days of work to do. So we're just kind of navigating our way ahead in the Mm -hmm. dark, figuring things out as we go. But People are looking forward to it. That's all I can say. Yeah. Yeah, we are. So, I mean, right now, what's going on in terms of preparation um, as of what? This is December six, uh, 16th. So, uh, we have Jay after the trip, um, sort of the, I think we just both were having the same thought of, do you think maybe you want to be involved? And he was thinking, I think I want to be involved. So, Jay's onlining onto helping us uh, run a well-run event as I think probably from the racer's perspective, like what does it take to give a racer a good and safe and well thought out overall experience? So Jay's coming into that role. I think the especially the, the time on the ground for the event itself, you'll probably see him as the most prominent and visible director organizer uh, relating to racers. Uh, so then 
Tatev, Tom are on the ground in Armenia, laying the groundwork. Uh, you know, they they go to the the again the government agencies, tourist committee. Uh, they're also interfacing with locations for start finish. Uh, you know, visiting the hotels, etc. Talking about we're going to bring a bunch of racers in. Are you ready? Is in trying to find really the best place to to begin and end the race so that people can gather and hang out afterwards. Uh, and you're also working on creating sort of pitch decks for uh, the diaspora of Armenians that live around the world. I don't think most yeah. people know. I think the numbers are something like 8 million Armenians live yes. outside mm-hmm. Armenia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and is it three that live inside Armenia? Yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. So there's a massive Armenian culture all over the world uh, and Armenians that care very much about their homeland. So we're trying to <clears throat> just tell them what we're working on to try and uh, boost the visibility uh, and bring sort of attention to the country. So you're, you're outreaching with them and trying to round up just support could be practical support or spreading of the word just to increase awareness of the race that way. Um, so you're, you're doing, you have your hands full. Um, and then you're still, I mean, I still see you out there on, especially on Instagram, you're still driving areas of the course, uh, even in the winter, especially if the snow allows, uh, stitching together these last sections. So, uh, you know, we went and wrote it, we went and rode sort of the air quotes, the course. Uh, and as we were riding it, found some suboptimal sections where nobody wants to hike along a very dangerous scree field at 3 a.m. Uh, so maybe we should take that out. <laughs> um, so, so you're putting eyes on the course. And then I think as we're, we, we always post updated maps embedded on the website, centermedia.com, but when when they're there and we look at the map and maybe say what about here you can usually go check it for us um and the goal is really no part of the course that hasn't been driven and or ridden uh majority ridden but some sections if we don't have time we'll we'll just it's okay to go over them with the vehicle so so no surprises i think is the goal there um and then what am i uh i'm kind of like I don't know, uh, a, not a linchpin, but like I fill in the gaps. I try and make sure that we're telling the story of what we're up to really well uh, in cheerleading. And um, I'm, maybe I look at it from the eyes of the consumer and say, what does it look like? Um, should I go? And I'm trying to put the word out to racers in a, in a good of a way as I can. So I put edited the film together. We have a huge photography library from our trips. Um, and then I'm just keeping an eye on, on rallying, like, all right, how are we at preparing budgets, um, and deadlines race manual, which has to be done by the end of December. That's kind of the promise that we've made for people that have signed up already. Um, getting the website running, getting bank transactions going, which was for me horrifying, just like we're dealing with international, uh, you know, finance and getting payment systems to go from to the right country. But then, but then the Armenian banking system has different quirks in different ways to connect to a website that I've never seen before. So there was a lot of learning. We're all, I think, learning. Um, what does it mean to put on a race? Um, yep. 
sometimes I have dark moments where I'm like, this is so complicated and so overwhelming. What have I gotten myself into? But then usually when I'm talking to you guys or when I'm there, it just brings me right back to, yeah, we're doing this um, because it's awesome and it's worth doing. Um, So that's good. One thing I want to want to bring up is uh, there is there is a conflict, you know, in that region. Uh, Both times I've been there, it's been sort of it never really goes to zero. And, and it, I think it ebbs and flows in some shorter and larger waves. So people will naturally ask, like, you know, what's the situation with the, the border situation with Azerbaijan and the conflict that, that flares up there? Is it is it okay to hold a race? Is it safe to hold a race? Is it going to get better? Is it going to get worse? Um, and I think it, it would be best to hear. Well, I mean, from Jay, I think I can speak for both of us that when we were there, it's weird to be Westerners and to be able to just ride through a country and not really experience the negative repercussions of any of that. I, I felt safe. I could go where I wanted. Um, it, it just felt like it wasn't there. But when you live in Armenia and it is the reality of what's happening, um, you know, how does it feel to be organizing a race when the world isn't uh, at peace? I know that people worry about uh, the war here, but uh, whatever is happening is happening in in the borders, and our road is far from uh, the borders. Uh, no one knows what will happen like a few months later, but uh, everything is safe right now, especially uh, like in Yerevan. <laughs> in, yeah. Um, but yes, there's a conflict in the borders, and uh, and how long has that been going on? <laughs> it's yeah. The borders, there's always contention at the borders here because um, especially the south of Armenia is extremely, extremely wealthy in minerals uh, and things like that. So other people, big boys, they want that. And so uh, that's basically what's going on. They, they, They want those things. So that's almost all to the south and having been on so many uh, off-road excursions plotting the the route um i kind of i mean if something happened i could reroute the race in Mm -hmm. just off the top of my head and um, move it maybe 10 kilometers in from where it was before for instance there's a there's a city that we really wanted to go through and there's a lot of bullying going on there and so we just moved the course uh, maybe 15 to 20 kilometers west of there and it's fine and if things calm down then we'll move it back over there so all that to say is that the ma- the majority of the race, at some points, it does go close to the border. Where it does go close to the border, those are safe areas, historically safe areas. And but most of the races in the in internal uh, body of the country, uh, covering a lot of high country, uh, alpine type areas, trees, forests, lakes, rivers, and it's it's always safe there. Uh, 
Armenia is as a country is not going to be attacked or uh, go away. That's just not going to happen. These these border things are just things that we watch, and we're our, the safety of the riders is. I mean, it's it's the highest priority, and so mm-hmm. we can move things around even on the last day if we needed to do something like that. We just change the ride GPS course in a small section, and we have the ability to do that. So it'll be a it'll be a safe course. That's that's what yeah, I, I think. I think from my perspective, uh, I've watched it be calm and, and then it was less calm after Jay and I left. It was, it was pretty stressful in September, especially to watch what was going on there. Was I was nasty, really, yeah. really affected by that. Um, and I, it, like the, the, it feels like when the, the world's always been unsettled, uh, as a Westerner, I don't have to really deal with that most of the time because my world is, is fairly settled. Um, but I think bike packers in particular and world travelers are pretty, they've, they've, you have to kind of make peace with, um, I'm going to travel to areas where the world isn't packaged in, in perfect, shiny, ready to consume packaging. You see the, the good and the bad of human nature. And you see these extreme beauties and these warm cultures and you, you see poverty, you see extreme poverty, you see sadness. And I think, I guess you could go to an only beautiful place and, and, and go bikepacking and have really just kind of like a, maybe an artificially awesome experience A to Z. I, I just don't think most of the world is like that. And I think it, it grounds you to, to have to confront that head on and say, I'm going to take with the, the good with the bad and the, the beautiful with the ugly. And it's, I'm going to bring that back with me to real life and it's going to affect my sense of entitlement and uh, my sense of Westernness and Americanness and all these other things. So I think it's, it's, it's great to be able to go to these places, even if it isn't a picture of perfection. It's funny because like you were saying, Tatip, Yerevan might, might be Paris or Los Angeles. Like there are areas that are just so, so tranquil and beautiful and cosmopolitan. Um, so you can see that side of a country and that side of the culture, and then you can go to the mountains. Um, and you know, we spent a night up there with the shepherds. Um, we didn't know where we were going to camp and they said, Hey, uh, come, come here. And they, they, they shared their food with us. Uh, they shared their vodka with us. It was actually fun. They sang for us. And, uh, and then, you know, we go down the mountain the next day to, uh, you know, kind of the wine region, um, and uh, near Rennie and, and you see that, that personality of a place. And then we, you know, when Jay and I were there, we, we went during the dry season, but we saw towns that, you know, post-Soviet towns, cause this is a post-Soviet yeah. country that were all but dried up and blown away. And you have to look at the world and say, oh, right. Well, what was that like when, when the Soviet union ruled all these small countries and then pulled out immediately and left a vacuum in government and ownership and infrastructure and, and economy and all that was removed instantly. I think that makes me a better person having seen the good and the bad. Um, so there's never a question of, you know, safety, uh, will we keep the safer, uh, the racers safe, uh, and will we do everything to route the race through 
the best areas that we can. Of course we will, but also adjust your expectations to where we're going to a part of the world that the dust hasn't settled and maybe it, maybe it never will. I don't know. Um, but you can, you can safely see the, the here and now of it. And I like that. Even I, I think that one of the, the top priorities of this race is that one of the reasons this, this war stuff keeps happening here is because people have not discovered, they don't even know Armenia exists. Uh, when we moved here, we, we found out about a situation that we wanted to come and visit Armenia in March of 2020. And uh, we were thinking about moving here permanently. And I didn't even, I didn't even know Armenia existed, except that I wanted to go there because of what was happening there. So if through this race, if we see 200, 250 bike packers come here international and they experience what you're talking about with the culture, the landscape, the beauty, and they go back and tell others in their country about it, the awareness, what Armenia needs is international awareness. They need people to know it exists and that the things that are being told about them on social media and in the news, they're not true. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's funny to do something that it's like, oh, we're just riding bikes. Well, yeah, um, but but also it's not just the word just is like a terrible word. <laughs> we're not just riding bikes. There there's more to it, and there, and more awesome things can happen. Um, all right, we're rounding up around an hour. Um, some I'm trying to think as a racer, a question, some questions. Jay, what is the right bike? Oh gosh, the bike, the bike that's <laughs> the almighty answer is the bike you have. Um, you know, I, I think it's such a funny question because uh, the whole bike industry is like there's so many capable bikes, and so just to just to throw uh, categories out there a category of bike to say it's the right bike, I think is the wrong way to go about it when you say, Oh, well, a gravel bike, well, or a mountain bike. And nowadays, both of those platforms, they overlap so much or one could be the other. Um, and it really just comes down to like, I like to just talk about like tire size and then, and then people want to talk about like, you know, gravel bike, you think of drop bars and then mountain bike, you think of flat bars. So like, what is your comfort? Are you more comfortable on a flat bar bike or a gravel bike? Like, so I think it's just that. And I would just say like, yeah, don't bring gravel size tires, quote unquote, meaning like gravel gears. Yeah. I wouldn't come with like 38 mil tires, but yes, a 2.1 plus probably 2.2 somewhere is in there, I think is a, is a great size. Um, I think I was super interesting that the bike that you rode is a mountain bike, a 29er, but then you put a rigid fork on it. You didn't, uh, and of course you didn't know what you would run into yet. Um, and I thought, oh, that's interesting. He's not even riding the bike all the way maxed out as, as like a front suspension mountain bike. Um, and, and it, like, why did you do that? Well, uh, I didn't know the terrain we were going through. Um, but I did know we were kind of touring. So, yeah. um, I'm okay with kind of just like losing a little bit of weight and, uh, 
just kind of seeing what that was like. Would I go back if I was with a suspension fork? I might if I was racing because I mean, that's such a, it's such a discussion that I go through a lot with like kind of consulting and stuff. People want to know about, should I run a suspension fork or not? And it's like, when you're going faster or trying to go fast for a racer, the suspension fork um, can definitely help you go faster downhill. There's no denying that. And then the longevity of a suspension fork can possibly save the body a bit more. But there again, you know, I'm, I'm just an old guy with beat up hands. So like I can appreciate some suspension on the front end. Um, so yeah, it's, yeah I, I try to think about, uh, disassociate myself from, from my other life selling bikes. And, um, I, I think about like, what, what do you, what makes it fun for you? The person, yeah. is it fun for you to be comfortable um, and, and just to kind of feel like you can blitz a downhill and, and there's really, you don't have to be as critical about you know, the line that you're picking and the terrain. Well then, yeah, like suspension and a mountain bike provide an incredible amount of control. Um, but the both, so I think for some people it's better if that's where their personality and their style takes them towards that priority, then just do it. And that's fine. Uh, and then if you, but what if you don't have a mountain bike, you kind of have a gravel bike, but uh, you want to do the race and you don't want to spend all that money. Could you do it? Well, I personally ridden the course twice on a rigid drop bar gravel bike with a big tires, 2.4, you know, 650 by 2.4 and mountain bike gearing. And, you know, I did it the first time. And then when I did it the second time, I could take in the, the mountain bike. We have one, I have one in my size, but I was like, no, actually I had a really good trip on the first time and I didn't really feel any regrets. I, I It was just fun. So I rode the same it was actually the same exact bike the second time. Um, I would just tell people really small front chain ring, really <laughs> big granny gear. Um, and, and yeah, whatever you want to do with flat or drop bars, really big tires. Um, and, and, and you'll be, you'll be happy. I mean, really it's a race about, about getting comfortable on long climbs and having a good gear and, 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 and being to just settle into a groove and get to the top. And then when you do get to the descent, make sure that you can enjoy the descent and it isn't a challenge in itself to get down the mountain on the other side. So, so do that with your gear. Well, that gives you a, a, an idea why we came up with Ascend Armenia because we're, we're at, 90,000 feet, 20, 25,000 meters. Is that what it is? I would need to go look again because we do change the map a fair bit. Yeah, but it's it's not up in the 28s and 29s anymore. It's 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 down a little bit. So I think yeah, it's around 25, 26. Okay. But, you know, as much as it is ascend Armenia, it's also descend Armenia. I mean, <laughs> you go down what you go up. So. Yeah. Yeah. Keep that in mind. Don't let it scare you. I mean, per per mile, I would just say that there's there's a fair bit of climbing. I mean, <laughs> that's <laughs> honest. That's very yeah. honest. <laughs> it, it is not. It is not uh, cruise Armenia. Uh, it is nope. climb Armenia. Yeah, and I wouldn't say. I would say it's all like you know. I, I don't recall like a lot of super steep billy goat style climbing. I would just say it's climbing. Yeah, yeah. it's almost even. Exact. The ascent and descent is almost exactly the same for the race. Put that yeah. up on 
ride GPS. Yeah. In that regard, final maybe logistical thought for me is like what you were talking about, Jay, there's a lot of water available on the course. And when we were there, you know, in August would be the pretty much the driest part of the season. We, we were never more than it just seemed like an hour or two or th- maybe three from running across a stream where I could have topped my bottles off and they aren't muddy streams. They're clear mountain runoff. So filtering water went really fast the few times that we did it. Uh, and we were never very far from be- dropping out of the mountains into another place where we could probably find um, a village with food. So I tend to overpack. You were much smarter, Jay. You didn't. I could just tell you weren't overpacking with all your food and stuff. But I kind of have this panic reaction to like, what if I run out? And and I I carried so much food the entire week that I never ate, and I probably did the same thing with water. <laughs> so, um, you know, err on the side of safety. But but I don't think that that would be something I would tell people as their primary concern. It's like, where am I going to find my next fill up? And especially next in June, Stephen. In June, it's going to water everywhere. It's yeah, a lot of water. And there could be more. Uh, there will be more opportunity mm-hmm. for mud in June with runoff and things drying out from the winter than when we were there. We had almost no mud. There can be mud. So. If you, if you, you know, have a frame that can fit a certain tire, don't put the biggest tire you can squeeze in with no room for mud, leave, leave some room for mud so that if you get into it, your, your frame and your bike can shed the mud and still your tires will still roll. Um, yeah, simple stuff, but worth mentioning. Yep. (laughs) So cool. Final thoughts, anybody, um, something you left out <clears throat> no i just uh i think it's really neat what everyone's doing here so uh so thanks for doing it yeah i am personally super excited that you've been interested in jumping in jay um because oh, i yeah it's it just it kind of has that big brother feeling of like uh well if my big brother's here watching i know i'm not gonna screw it up <laughs> 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 so that's super rad for me yeah, uh, yeah. the rest of us so yeah, it's, it's gonna be fun All right. We'll call it a wrap. And, um, yeah. Thanks everybody for coming along. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to call it a, call it a podcast episode. We did it. Thank you. Uh, Hey Jay, we have some people to thank for, uh, how far we've gotten and especially with our trip. Who's on your list? Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, I'm super grateful for the opportunity. I just want to thank the whole team first of all. And, uh, Tom, Tata, you, Steven, and then Rodeo as a brand and, uh, Tailfin, uh, came in last minute and certainly made it happen for me to get over there. So, um, I just say support the brands that help support bikepacking. Um, and thank you so much for this opportunity. Yeah. Uh, well, let's just, let's just play the reciprocity game. Uh, I, Thank you because you totally saved me on that trip. Oh my God. <laughs> and, uh, I, I just, w- when I was riding, I was like, what if I was riding up this mountain alone? Um, <laughs> and it didn't take many of those to, to feel super grateful. Uh, also ride with GPS, um, has 
really provided us with some awesome mapping software. And we were using Gaia for a while and, and occasionally do check in on that uh, just for some 3D view. But we used it in the beginning and it just crashed and was buggy all the time, not to throw shade, but it just did. We got pretty far with it. And then when we switched to ride with GPS, my dad's life got a thousand percent better because the software just worked and he would like text me and he'd be like, I already finished the route and the changes are so easy to make. So, um, you know, it's, they've just been rad to give us kind of a organizational level access. And then they're going to provide, uh, you know, ride with GPS accounts to the racers so they can use, uh, the, the navigation features, um, when they're out there racing, which is a big deal. I know that it saved me once in Morocco when I had headphones in and I missed a turn and my Wahoo wasn't catching my attention. And then my headphones were like, miss turn, turn left. Or, and I was like, Oh, <laughs> Hey, there's someone here with me. <laughs> and then tail, yeah. tail fin, uh, they were super rad with our trip just to like, they spun on a dime to hustle gear and get it out to us. And that was a pretty wild story overall, but like I, I put their stuff on my bike because I love it um, for all of my bikepacking trips. And I know that it's on your bikes. So you, you get the cool new stuff. Uh, uh, so. <laughs> it's pretty fun. It works, you know, and it's, it's, it's really nice to see uh, just brands grow in this space. So. Yeah. They're crushing. So uh, also we always thank uh, Q for doing the rodeo podcast theme music. Thanks Q. We know you're out there very close, like 400 <laughs> feet from me right now. So that's it. Thanks everybody for listening. Have a good one. Rodeo.